0: Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vanden and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org, or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the show and happy new year to you. Here we are in 2024. We have officially crossed over, and wow, it's going to be quite a year. The Lord has been speaking to me about some things for 2024 that are just so deeply impressed upon my heart. I'm going to share a couple of those things in this episode, but. Stay tuned to the podcast because I will be sharing those kind of throughout the next few months. But I wanted to encourage you, you know, the God who brought you to 2024 is going to be the same God who brings you through 2024. Stay close to him, stay connected to him through prayer, in worship and in his word. This quite possibly could be the year for Just some adjustments that maybe initially would look minor or insignificant, really not that big of a deal, but they will become the catalyst that just really propels people in the body of Christ to go deeper in their faith and draw closer to the Lord, which is going to be the sustaining strength and power to carry them through 2024 because we're more fully connected to, to the Lord. So a little bit more on that in the weeks to come here on the podcast. But are you someone who sets resolutions, New Year resolutions or goals the new year. I know that many do, but you know what? Uh, Two confessions. I don't happen to be one of those. I have nothing against New Year's resolutions. I have nothing against setting goals. I think that there is some wisdom there. Uh, I'm going to get into that here in a minute, what that looks like for me, because it isn't that I don't have an idea of how I believe the year will go or have a plan to help guide my decisions and steps. I actually approach the new year a few months prior to it beginning. So the new year begins January 1st. Well, I've already began seeking God for the upcoming year, like probably September, October. It typically looks like this. I will go off the grid for a predetermined amount of time to seek the Lord for the upcoming new year. I intentionally do this and have implemented this as a spiritual discipline for many years now. In all honesty, I can't even remember what year I started this. I just know that it has been a spiritual discipline of mine for a really long time, several years, And I do this because I want to hear God's heart. In other words, I approach him in this time off the grid. God, what are you saying? How are you leading this year? I wholeheartedly believe believe that if we want to rise bold as a lion, as the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 1, we first have to be willing to kneel in humility and surrender because it is a posture of the heart, the entrance into 2024 is on the floor. (laughs) The entrance into 2024 is on the floor. What am I saying? I'm referring to this spiritually, spiritually speaking, of course. What I'm saying when I posture my heart and I go before the Lord and I I lay the new year, I lay some ideas and some plans that that I possibly feel led to embark upon. What I'm saying to God as I'm inviting him into those decisions, I'm saying, you know what, God, I am not smart enough. I am not the creator and the author of my life, and I need you. I want you. I need you. I'm not smart enough to figure this out on my own. I don't believe that it's going to be wise for me to develop a plan and hope that you'll get on board and that you will follow me and that your hand of blessing and favor will be upon it. Because here's the thing, God's hand, he's not obligated to place his hand of blessing and grace and favor upon something that he didn't endorse, that he didn't place in our hands. We can accomplish a lot of great things in and of ourselves, but you know what? We'll be lacking if we try to set out and do something in and of ourselves. It will not bear fruit. Look at John chapter 15. Look at John chapter 15, where it talks about that we are the branches. He is the vine and that we need to abide in him. John 15, verse five, abide in me and I will abide in you and in me, you will produce much fruit. So that's really my posture as I as I step into a new year, a new season, uh, a new a new uh, part in ministry, whatever it is that I might be doing, I always do my best to posture my heart and say, God, I need you here because this is this is not going to bear fruit. It's not going to be impactful. And I want to bear fruit for you. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six reads, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I like to think of those two verses as a divine collaboration with heaven. Think about that that we can collaborate, that you and I, as children of the living God, that we have the privilege and the honor of collaborating with heaven. Come on, somebody. We can partner with the Lord and his spirit to receive guidance and direction to make wise decisions. What a gift you and I have been given. We trust in him, acknowledge him, and invite him into our lives. And the result is direction and guidance. Wow. I mean, I don't know about you. I am grateful for that incredible gift that I don't deserve, that I'm not worthy of, that I could never earn or achieve. But he gives it to me as I do my part, as I, as I lean into him. As I trust him, as I acknowledge him, as I invite him into my plans, into my decisions, into my time, into what I'm filling my calendar with, and he will give me his divine direction his guidance, this incredible gift of collaborating with heaven, man. So I just want to encourage you. You know what? It is not too late for you to posture your heart before the Lord and seek him for this new year. Ask him, God, What are you saying? What are you speaking over my life uh, for this year? What are what how are you leading? What do you want to do? Ask him to give you a word for the year and to reinforce it with with something, a scripture, a promise that you can you can just really stand upon and watch him work that out in ways that you could never think, dream or imagine In your life as you invite him and just pursue him throughout this year, uh, this again, just this divine collaboration with all of heaven. It will, it will just completely change your life. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about. Being seated in Christ. Do you know that that is actually a part of your identity in Christ that he has, that he has purchased, that he has bought with his blood and given to you, that you have an identity that is only found and secure in him. And a part of that identity is that you have been raised up and seated in Christ. Listen to this, found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And verse 6, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with christ jesus do you know as a believer in jesus you have been seated with him god has so deeply impressed this upon my heart that some of us are not living from this seated place, but rather striving to achieve a seat with him. In other words, trying to earn it, trying to be good enough, trying to make sure that all the T's are crossed and and all the I's are dotted to have a seat with him, to have a seat in him, to be positioned in Christ. It's like spiritually speaking, when we read this in scripture, we maybe listen to sermons. We Maybe you've read a good book about it. Maybe you're even tuning into this podcast and in your mind, you see the seating and you're standing like you, you, you just see this picture in your mind of you standing and you're, you know, maybe approaching this seat that you want to take and you know how you sometimes go to events or, or maybe like a, attend some kind of a gathering uh, and you, you go to be seated in a particular place or or in a particular row. You want to be as close as you can to whatever's maybe happening in the front, and it's roped off. And there's a there's like a sign that says reserved seating. Or maybe you're going to a particular uh, event and you want to be seated at this table, but you get to the table and you you know extend your hand to pull out the chair to take a seat at this table, only to discover that there's been like little placards or a sign in the center of the table that says reserved seating. Or maybe you've gone to a restaurant and you enter through the front door of that restaurant only to be greeted by a sign that says, wait to be seated. And we apply those things that we experience in our everyday natural lives living here on the earth. We transfer that and we apply that to our spiritual lives in this identity in Christ of being seated in Christ. Some of us have allowed things in the past to keep us from accepting his invitation to come up higher and be seated in him, to live out this piece of our identity in Christ, to live from a place of our of our identity in him as being seated in Christ. Shame, regret, disappointment, labels, the the opinions of others are keeping some from accepting this invitation and living from being seated in Christ. Still for others, there's a misunderstanding of their identity in Christ. and, And I don't know, maybe I should maybe I should rephrase that because actually I do believe this is an identity issue. When we are not accepting the truth that we have been raised up and seated in Christ, and that is the place from which we live, that's an identity. That's an identity issue. Many have partnered with a defeated or victim mindset, and it has kept them from being seated in Christ. And I just have to say, you know what? A victim mentality will never, ever lead any of us to victory. A victim mindset is not what's going to get you to living from a place of victory. You know what gets us to living from a place of victory? Jesus Christ. Learning. Learning our identity in him and understanding that when he went to the cross, he purchased, he purchased, he paid the full price for your identity in Christ and to live from that place and victorious is another piece of your identity. And so victim is not a part of who you are. Victorious, overcomer, that is who you are. And so I just want to say again, a victim mentality will never ever lead you to victory. We are a triumphant church and and the body of Christ, which if you are you if you are a believer in Christ, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your savior, you are a part of the body of Christ and the bible tells us that we are that we are a triumphant church that we are a victorious and overcoming church jesus said that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it listen the church has been a little beat up we've we've taken some blows over the last few years we've been through a lot and i get that I get that, but it's as if we have just simply sat down underneath it all and we have forgotten that we have been seated in Christ. We, we, we received and, and sort of adopted this defeated mindset and we need to get our fight back. We need to get our fight back because we are a triumphant, victorious, overcoming church. Jesus gave his life for the church. Jesus gave his life, shed his blood on the cross for you and I as the body of Christ to live triumphantly. To live victoriously, to live as an overcoming people of God seated in Christ. We, we need to get our fight back because we have tolerated things long enough. We have we have tolerated the attacks of the enemy, the onslaught of the weapons that have been formed against us and aimed at us. Some of them have actually landed and we've kind of taken on these blows, but you know what? That is not who we are. We are not defeated people. We are not victims. We are called to rise above it. We are called to live as as a triumphant body of Christ, victorious and overcoming, seated in Christ. And this is what I hear the Lord speaking over his daughters in this hour. Of course, yes, I'm talking about the entire body of Christ, but this is a podcast that, um, is, is targeted toward women. And so I'm speaking primarily to daughters of Christ, daughters of the King of Kings here in this online space. And of course, anything that falls underneath the umbrella of She Rises. And so I want to speak to you, daughter of the King of King. It is time for you to break free from those things. Rise and take your seat in Christ Jesus. When you live from this seated place in Jesus everything changes there isn't one area of your life that will go untouched i don't want you to miss that it changes everything your identity in Christ and living from that place it will have an impact across every area of your life, nothing in your life will go untouched. It will change how you view yourself, how you view your life, how you view your future. It will change how you view the world and how you respond to situations. It will change how you pray, how you worship, how you serve the Lord and engage in the body of Christ. Listen, we understand we don't need to establish and rehash all the things that that we have been through as the body of Christ over the last four years. We know. <laughs> I don't have to tell you how how challenging it has been. I mean, it just seems like there's been this onslaught, like I just mentioned. It's I mean, it's just every time we turn around, there's something new and it's just like one thing after another. We don't need to rehash those things. We've talked enough about it. Here's the thing that we understand as, as, as a triumphant body of Christ, as someone who is, is victorious and an overcoming person in the body of Christ, seated in Christ. When we understand that we are living from this place, this is the mentality. This is the posture that we have. We, we say, Victoriously, that what happened does not define our future if we don't want it to, if we don't want it to. Right there. That's the thing. That's the key right there. God is saying it's time for us to come up higher. It's time for us to come up higher, to come up higher out of the noise, out of the distractions, out of the, out of the warfare, out of all of this and take our seat and live our lives from this seated place. What has happened over the last four years? It does not have to define our future. Has it been challenging? Absolutely. Has it been really difficult? You bet it has. Has it, has it cost us some things? Absolutely. Has it been devastating for some of us? Yes. But you know what? We get to choose what, what has happened to either, um, to either, uh, define us, to confine us, or in God's hand, refine us. The choice is ours, and it does not have to define our future if we don't want it to. There's a reframing that takes place. I truly believe that if we are going to have the impact on this world that God has said we already can have, we will need to break any agreements that we've made with this world, any alignments with lies and things in this world Uh, Hardship, challenges, insecurities, people pleasing, all those different things and fully align ourselves with truth. And that happens with what I mentioned earlier, a posture of the heart in surrender to root out whatever is holding us back from living from this piece of our identity in Christ of being seated in Him. The book of Joel is a It's a short book in the Old Testament, but it is so powerful. I humbly encourage you to take some time to read the book of Joel. Again, it's found in the Old Testament, but the book of Joel speaks of God returning to the people what has been stolen. I believe God is going to redeem things that have been stolen from his people over the last four years in the areas of hope deferred Deep disappointments, fractured relationships, a delay in God-given dreams, and a bareness of soul Just to name a few. I believe that there's a great list of other things that God is going to redeem that has been stolen. And I just think that this is, this is the year where we are going to be able to see uh, God redeeming things that have been stolen, things that have been just devastated by, by hope deferred and disappointments and just barrenness and hardship and challenges. Isaiah chapter 60. And verse one says this, "'Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you.'" Sister, pay attention. This is for you. I'm speaking to you today in this online space. It is time for you to rise, to come up higher, and live from your place as seated in Christ. God is raising up a remnant in this hour his warrior bride to push back the darkness, declare the word of the Lord, shine our light and live as victorious women that we were created to be. You are a part of that warrior bride, that remnant of Christ that he is raising up in this hour. This is my personal invitation to you, to you who is tuning in this week. I may not know you, I may have never met you. I don't maybe know your story, what you might be caring, what you're believing God for, but none of that matters. This invitation is going out to you. This is my personal invitation to you to put yourself in the room, to be intentional and put yourself in the room this year at the annual She Rises Women's Conference being held this year, May 17th and 18th. If you have never been to a She Rises Women's Conference. I just want to give you just a brief overview what we are about because we're not about all just this this fluff and, and all of these different types of things. Um, that's just not who I am. I am committed to spirit-led worship anointed messages and we always allow altar time for women to receive prayer we believe here at she rises we believe in the power and in the importance of tearing in the presence of the Lord. I believe wholeheartedly. I The Lord has allowed me to be in ministry for 24 years now, which is incredible. And I'm incredibly grateful for. Oh, I'm just so, so grateful that God allows me to minister his word and spread his gospel and speak into the lives of people. And in the ministry of She Rises, it is deeply important to me. I have a deep con- conviction about making room for the Lord, that the schedule isn't so tight, 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 where we're like herding people around like cattle and we got to move from one thing to another. And there's no room for the glory of God to, to just sit and hover. There's no room for us to sit underneath an open heaven. There's no room for for God to, to just move and pour himself out. I don't want To be that. I don't want She Rises to be that. And so I intentionally make time for us to tarry in the presence of the Lord so that women can encounter God, so that God can encounter His daughters. There's something so beautiful about us stepping out of our everyday world and stepping into His presence without distraction. Man, the world is noisy, right? The world is loud. There are a lot of things that are clamoring for our attention. And, uh, you know, I think that even if we didn't have that, we're busy people. I'm sure that you are a busy person, no matter what stage of life you might be in your life is busy we are people that are busy and on the go we have jobs we volunteer at our church and um, local organizations in our communities we are meeting with with uh, people for lunch and for coffee we're leading life groups and Bible studies and if we're not leading we're attending we're attending them we're we're you know, carting the kids around to baseball practices and and different things like that. We are busy people and I get that. But there's something so powerful when we choose to say, you know what, I need to step away from that and I need to position myself. I need to put myself in the room. I'm reminded I'm reminded of the woman at the well, the story of the woman at the well, I believe it's found in John's Gospel, Chapter 4. Such a powerful and such a beautiful story of this woman at the at the well that had this life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ that forever changed the trajectory of her life. And I don't have time to get into every single detail of it. So I encourage you to read it. And if you've read it before, to reread it again, because the word of God is alive. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will speak something new and fresh and give you Divine insight that perhaps you hadn't seen or understood before, but Jesus goes out of his way to go through Samaria. Um, he's, he's on his way somewhere. He's on, he's on a mission. He has a plan to go somewhere, but he makes a decision to sort of take this detour through Samaria. He says, I must go through Samaria. Why? Why did he say that? Because there was a woman that he knew was going to be at the well at um, at a specific time that he wanted to, that he wanted to speak to, that he wanted to set free, that he wanted to speak life over and just have an encounter with her that he already knew would change the entire trajectory of of her life. And so he goes to this well and he's, he's at this well, this woman shows up and it's very, it's very interesting and very important to remember that she shows up in the heat of the day. Scripture tells us that it makes a point, John, John makes a point to mention that and include that in his writing, that it was in the heat of the day. Why is that important to us? Because Women from 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 the towns, women in the city, they wanted to avoid the heat of the day because the sun was out and it was incredibly hot. And walking such the uh, such a great distance, which they had to do to get water from the well, they didn't want to do that in the heat of the day. They wanted to go in the cool of the day, which was in the early morning of the day, or in the you know kind of in the dusk of, of the day where the heat wasn't as intense. Well, why was she out there in the heat of the day all by herself? Because she had a history because she had a story, because she had a reputation, and she wasn't welcome with the other company of women who went in the cool of the day. She was looked down upon. She was carrying shame. She had a lot of regret. Read her story. It is really powerful. But you know what? She mattered to Jesus. Her life mattered to Jesus. Everyone else may have turned their nose up at her, overlooked her, dismissed her, placed labels upon her her, had opinions of her, wrote her off. They believed that her past defined her future. But in Christ, she she was about to be set free from all of that because Jesus said, I must go through Samaria. He wanted to connect with this woman because she mattered to him. So he engages this woman at the well in conversation and she thinks that he's just there for, for some water, but he's there for her. Yeah, he's there for her. She may have walked up to that well and saw this man sitting there and wondered, you know, what are you doing here? This is so strange and this is awkward. Why are you engaging me, a woman and a Samaritan? On top of that, Jews and Samaritans just did not mix. And then a man talking to a woman and it just Jesus was just breaking through, um, busting through uh, barriers, social barriers that had been erected by man-made laws and, and protocol. He was just breaking through all of that to connect with this woman that meant so much to her. And so he, you know, again, engages in this conversation. And I want to point out, you know, as I'm talking about positioning ourselves in the room, making a point, investing in your spiritual health, in your spiritual life, investing in your faith, and receiving the invitation to join us this year at the She Rises Women's Conference, May 17th and the 18th. Do you know that Jesus is already in the room, May 17th? He's already in the room. He's already waiting for you and for me. In his omnipresence, he can be fully and completely present Right here while you are listening to this podcast, while at the same time fully and completely present already in your future on May 17th, waiting for you. To meet with you because you matter. Your life matters. And he wants to have a life changing encounter with you that will forever change the trajectory of your life. That woman at the well, when she got to the well and Jesus was already there, he was waiting for her. He was waiting for her. He was waiting for her to show up. Why? because he wanted to minister to her heart and to her soul. And that's what I believe, that Jesus wants to do his heart for us as we gather as women of God, women of faith, daughters of the King of Kings on May 17th and 18th. He is already in the room. He is already in your future and he is waiting for you. I am so excited about what he is going to do in all of our lives, mine included. I believe that it's going to change the trajectory of our lives. Man, I'm so, I'm so excited. So this is my personal invitation to you. Will you join us? Will you, will you set aside that time? Will you be intentional to look at your calendar and say, you know what? I'm going to mark this time off and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure that I put myself in the room because I'm hungry for the Lord. I'm hungry for a move of God in my life. I need him. I need him. I I need him to to move in my faith and in my life. And uh, I just want to posture myself. I want to posture my heart in his presence and receive what he wants to speak to me, whatever he wants to do. You can find all of the information that you need by simply clicking the link in the show notes. That'll take you to my website. It's gonna give you all of the information that you need. Just simply click the tab once you get to the website, 2024 events, and right there, you are gonna find all of the information that you need the venue location, uh, dates and times, um, how to how to get your ticket if you're traveling from out of town. We have some hotels that we've suggested to you to check out. So we can't wait to see you. And we we are just so, so excited and so full of anticipation of what the Lord is going to do. I believe that this is going to be an Ephesians 3.20 weekend where he is going to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever think think, dream, or ask because that's who he is and that this is going to be a weekend that will forever mark our lives, your life and my life, that we're going to look back and we're going to say, just like that Samaritan woman at the well, when I went to that well, that conversation, that moment, that time at the well forever marked me. My life was marked that day. And I believe that that's going to be this weekend. It's going to mark our lives. All right. Take care. Have a great rest of your week. And I will see you right back here next week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars? and a review or even a comment, it not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.